0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast.
1: All right. Well, we've been talking about the standoff between the teachers unions and the education ministry. And uh, so we do have the education minister, Stephen Lecce, with us on the line to... uh, I guess just enlighten us a little bit as to where we stand with these negotiations, because it had been uh, made rather clear by Sam Hammond, the head of the Elementary Teachers Federation. So he says that they were real close last Friday, and then the goalpost got moved on them. There were three or four issues that would have extended discussions into the weekend, and one of those is uh, on the hiring of replacement teachers, supply teachers, and the like, and the government uh, wanted that left to the discretion of the principals, whereas... They saw that this was something implemented by the Liberals in 2012 based on seniority and wanted to maintain the status quo. Mr. Lecce, good to have you joining the Oakley Show. Good afternoon.
0: Thank you, John. Appreciate the opportunity. All
1: right. On this uh, issue I just mentioned, it's called Regulation 274. Uh, Right. This is what Sam Hammond says is a sticking point in the negotiations. Is he right or wrong?
0: Well, I think he's right. I think what's interesting, though, is, is just the sequencing of events. As you know, over that weekend or over those few days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of last week, we were negotiating in good faith to get a deal and end this needless escalation that's been going on now for many months, and it cyclically has happened for many years in this province, and so we want to bring a resolution. And so we went to the negotiations with a commitment to deliver that outcome. And so on the full-day kindergarten matter, I'm going to deal with Regulation 274 in a moment. On another major request they had to the government, they said, put it in writing, we don't take your word for it, put it in writing that you're going to maintain fdk full day kindergarten so we did we did on the friday we put it in writing we codified it put gave them the assurances they need the people of ontario have heard me saying for months now including in the legislature of ontario and then they decided to escalate and it sounds like they're trying to move the 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 goalpost if you will as you asserted in the context of once they got that request they needed an excuse to justify going out for a second day this week and i think parents rightfully are frustrated, and the message I'm hearing is enough is enough.
1: All right, so if you made a to... concession on the full-day kindergarten, insofar as I guess uh, this was a sticking point for the union as well. They wanted a commitment, and you're saying fully, completely, you gave them that commitment
0: going forward. We did. We gave them the commitment, not just orderly. We then wrote it down.
1: Right, what right. they
0: wanted. Okay. And yet they decided, in their judgment, to take that letter and decide to walk out and proceed with an additional day of strike action. And I think that's irresponsible. On the regulation, you know, this is another challenge. And for me, as a matter, as as a generational public servant, I believe it requires some element of political courage to say the facts. And in the education system, our system right now of hiring educators is not hired, is not premised, rather, on qualification or on equity considerations. The regulation that the unions fought for and cherish means that 100% of hiring is predicated, is premised on your seniority, on your tenure in the union. And I think it is totally inconsistent with the guiding principles I like to see in education where a meritocracy guides the way. Why is it that in this province, when we choose teachers, it's not based on their qualification related to the skill set they're teaching, i.e. mathematic qualifications for a math course. It's the amount of years you've been in the union. And I think that protecting that you know, fiefdom, protecting that system, what may work well for the union, is actually not working well for our students. And I'm sure there are many folks listening today that can speak of many examples where, and I say this with great respect to our educators, they're all qualified, you know, they're all certified, but it's about matching the skill set with the classroom needs. And right now, the principals of this province have absolutely no authority. They have to choose five names provided by the union based on tenure. And I'm saying that that is not consistent with quality education. It's not consistent with merit. And that, finally, in our system, should be part of the decision-making when it comes to how we elevate educators in schools.
1: So you want more discretion left to the principals to hire, even though the union says, well, that can lead to nepotism, favoritism, you know, somebody hiring their uh, nephew, and so on and so forth.
0: Well, then, you know, if 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 the concern they have is that, and why don't we tweak the? Uh, why don't we make amendments to the regulation to restrict it? Instead, their position is not to amend it to improve the regulation, to you know, to avoid those scenarios, which they seem to talk about more of than I've heard other principals and administrators talk about. But even if it's true, then amend it to prevent it, not maintain the status quo, which permits the union to decide the longest tenured members. Uh, get the first-ride refusal, not those with the qualifications relevant to the skill set. It is totally inconsistent with the meritocracy we seek where we're trying to help incent the best teachers in the front of class. And so that sounds like an excuse to maintain the status quo. And that's ultimately what the teacher unions seem to want, even on the sick leave regime. You know, this is about the absenteeism. We spend, well, the boards of this province, on an annual basis, spend $750 million per year that is literally spent on tax dollars spent, if you can believe it, John, just on sick leave. And we're trying to strengthen the sick leave provision, as we did incrementally with the QP deal.
1: Let me and ask you, let me ask by you, the teacher union. when it comes well, to, if it, if it were truly a meritocracy rather than based on seniority with the supply teachers or replacement teachers, uh would there be a savings in all of that? Because I'm guessing the newer teachers, the graduates, uh, would be lower on the pay grid. Is that what this is about in part?
0: No, you know what? I, I've not even done that calculation. That's not really the impetus. It's actually about it's actually about qualifications. I want the bright in, individual in the front of the class. Uh, I can't speak to the fiscal elements of it. I haven't done that assessment, to be quite frank with you. But I have heard many young teachers say that that regulation prohibits their ability to get in class. It actually, they would say, uh, uh, sort of, in some respects, creates roadblocks for their ability to get the practice and the time they need in schools to get, you know, into full-time teaching. And that's a story I've heard from many educators before. But overwhelmingly, the reason why this regulation is problematic is because it doesn't serve the interests of students. It serves the interests of unions. And I think, respectfully, we ought to be changing the culture of how we think, as a government and as an institution when it comes to public education about making meritocracy a guiding principle also just if i could say something a bit different than the merit argument even equity i mean look in Peel region you know uh, or in other regions of the province we have great diversity in durham and york and all over ontario great levels of diversity you know a principal right now cannot find or cannot does not have the right to choose an educator a merit-based educator who represents a diverse background to better reflect the needs of that school community or that classroom, I mean, it actually has many regressive elements, not just on the on the qualifications element, but also on the the equity element and the diversity element. So, I think there's a variety of public public interest reasons why we need to stand um, strong in articulating why we oppose it. Wow, and you know, obviously, the union leader will protect what's right for the union. After all, with respect to that particular union leader and others, their job is to fight for better benefits and wages for their members. But that isn't my job, and we have an inconsistent objective. Mine is to fight for students. Well,
1: no, I, I, understand. I understand. I understand. I just find it kind of uh, ironic that the equity advancement uh, proposal is usually something the progressives stand by uh, as an initiative. Again, with Minister Lecce right. on the education thing, uh, Sam Hammond has also say that, uh, said that uh, you proposed renewing less than half the funding for teaching positions to support special ed students in digital Students, at risk students, and English language learners. Uh, are you cutting back there?
0: Not at all. In fact, you know, this is just a, a, a fascinating assertion uh, in special education in this problems. You know, we care deeply about these kids. I want to make sure they've got dignity, but also they've got opportunity and support. So there's two things I want to speak about, The or well, three, I guess. The first is in special education funding. We are spending more in special ed than any government in the history of Ontario. 3.1 billion dollars. That is the highest ever recorded in mental health, where there's often can be mental health challenges as well for some of the students. We've doubled the health funding envelope, and when it comes to more EAs, the you know the assistance that provide uh, supports for these children, some with exceptionalities, where they have where they need that type of that level of support uh, from an EA, we just negotiated through CUPE. Hundreds and hundreds of EAs being brought into the schools of this province to further support those kids.
1: All right, so what you're saying is yeah, he's wrong, so, you know, subjectively he sees it one way, you see it another way, and the Twain are not meeting here. So where is this all going? I mean, when Sam Hammond says you were very close to continuing the talks and getting something fruitful late last week, Friday, actually, uh, was that your sense of it as well, and that uh, somehow something put a spanner in the works?
0: Yeah, we made pretty good progress, but I think what really became clear is that they didn't want to make any moves on the regulation, on sick leave, on some of the critical issues that they've said over the past days in the public that they're just not going to negotiate, they're not going to work on. They seem to be really dogmatic. My hope is some sobriety will set in, as I explain to the population, the motive for those changes. What are we trying to do here, folks? We're trying to maximize tax dollars to get them in the schools of this province. And what I'm hearing from the union leadership is that they're going to continue striking so long as we don't give them exactly what they want, which is, you know, in some respects having the authority and control over the system, over things that work well for their members but not for the students of Ontario. Now they, Minister oh, Lecce,
1: you know it's interesting because yesterday Sam Hammond was quoted as saying that the teachers who are out on the picket lines have already lost one and a half, to two and a half, those are his words, percent of what they would actually be making otherwise, so uh, this two percent increase. Effectively he's trying to telegraph that this has been nullified so it's not about money it's about quality of education and they care about the quality of education. How do you, What do you say in response to that?
0: Well, first of all, I mean, he's talking about pay. He's not talking about benefits. I'd be curious to understand more about uh, what those asks could be. Only he can provide clarity on that. But what I can tell you is this. Uh, the teacher union leaders have been clear that they have an ask on wages that represent a $1.5 billion increase to the taxpayer and benefit increases. And I've been clear that I want to be fair, respect the craft they deserve, Uh, to be paid well to retain the talent that we want in our schools, but they also have an obligation to put students ahead of themselves to the process, given that we are being reasonable from the fiscal side or offering them an increase. They're saying they want a $1.5 billion sector-wide increase. They also say they want benefit asks that are much higher. And they're also saying to us, and telegraphing us rather strongly, and last week's negotiation, I think, provided uh, a pretty solid example of that, But they don't want us to touch anything that reduces absenteeism or anything that increases uh, qualifications in schools. Both of those are inconsistent with what parents have told us they want us to advance. And if we're going to be putting more money in the system in Ontario when it comes to our public schools more than we already are, which is the highest levels recorded in the history of Ontario under any government, it's under this progressive conservative government, my message I wanted to go into schools, not into compensation for folks who objectively are the, uh, the second highest paid, well paid, about $92,000 on average for an OSSTF teacher, for example. So when you're making that type of money in that salary band, well pensioned and benefits and all that, you know, I think it's fair that the increase we're offering. But it's unfair to say that the continuation of strikes will proceed so long as we don't get the increase. because what? Because, John, t- to your point... You know, we now that full-day kindergarten is moot, because we've made that commitment, we are increasing investment in schools. We have committed to more support for special education. We've committed to support them on reducing violence in schools, one of their...
1: All right, what about the uh, mandatory e-learning courses? That's still on the table?
0: Well, that's not a subject matter for negotiation with the elementary teachers, but when it comes to the high school, we've been clear that we believe that, you know, online learning can provide a massive opportunity to students to get way more uh, offering course offerings that they otherwise wouldn't have. We're actually diversifying the courses. We're giving them a learning module that is relevant in the the global economy. And also, we're giving them high standard courses that I think is going to really encourage them and inspire them to learn. The fact that we've seen a net increase of 16% of students taking these courses organically each and every year shows you that there is a... You know, there's there's value in those courses. We're also making sure the Internet's available in every high school in the province of Ontario. Let me ask you something else. All right, Minister Lecce,
1: I'm a little tight on time here, but let me ask you, I mean, if this situation uh, is to be resolved, does it mean if you settle with one union? Now, I did jump over into the secondary uh, versus the elementary. Settle with one. Do all fall into the line or uh, how does that work? Is it going to just be piecemeal negotiations or settle one, settle all?
0: Look, I mean, we hope to settle all of the negotiations. We seek voluntary agreements with them all, because I think parents uh, want some settlements that there's stability in the sector. And I think what I've heard fairly consistently from folks right across the province, and I've been moving around, but is that they're just they're, they're they're sick and tired of these strikes by the teacher unions, and enough is enough. And I hear them. The premier, I think, has channeled that anxiety and frustration himself by saying that this is uh, unacceptable. And the government is absolutely committed uh, to negotiating to get a deal because parents deserve that deal. And so I'm going to make sure that my negotiating team remains available when the media calls us back to keep bargaining to get that deal. But it's about time the teachers' union does the same and, more importantly, makes some moves that align themselves with the public interest and the students' interest as well.
1: When do you go back with the Elementary uh, Teachers' Federation as well as the Ontario Secondary School? What's the timeline on that?
0: Well, uh, with respect to Etfo, we were just with them, and the mediator may, you know, choose to call us back in the coming days for further dialogue. That's a decision point for the mediator alone. But they know we've told the we've told the mediator that we actually stand ready to continue negotiating like, today, tomorrow, and any day thereafter as soon as she calls us back. Likewise, for the uh, high school teachers, as you know, we were with the French board this week, the French rather union this week. With the French Teachers Union, we were with the Catholic Teachers Union this week. We were with the elementary teachers late last week. So these discussions are ongoing and fluid. But I, I think uh, you know what I can assure you is that we're, we're available, we're ready, and we want to get uh, an outcome that is you know in, in keeping with our commitment to students, which is their learning and in a safe learning environment. And right now, these uh, escalations by the teacher unions are are very much undermining that objective, and they're creating a lot of financial hardship on working people in the province.
1: Yeah, not everybody's actually applied for the subsidy. How's that going, percentage-wise, about how many uh, eligible parents have applied?
0: Well, as I last saw, we have well north of uh, uh, 300,000 individuals have applied. Remember, in some cases, they're dual-parent families, so the numbers are rising each and every day. Uh, it, I think, demonstrates that parents need the support because they're not put into this. They're already pinched with the rising cost of living. It's expensive to find child care. It's difficult to access it in your community, let alone find affordable child care. So my message has always been, why should a working parent in this province be on the hook financially because the teacher union decides not to show up to work?
1: Well, that's right. But it's only care. about a quarter of the people that are eligible have actually applied to this point, isn't it?
0: Um, I think, I don't know the data points precisely because it literally is moving day by day. Mm -hmm. But what I can tell you is that we've seen an increase over the past week since we've announced it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to continue to promote it because we want families to know that there's financial support available for them, up to $60 per day for each child in the system because they deserve to have financial support. They should not have to face fiscal and financial hardship because of these strikes by the teacher unions. And I think any way we can help even incrementally is important. As we work on a dual objective, one is to provide short-term financial relief through this support. And the second is to get a deal that provides sort of an enduring outcome that avoids this uh, this reality for families who, to be fair, John, seen this every couple of years in this province under every premier.
1: All right. Well, we hope it is resolved sooner rather than later, because, as you say, uh, everybody's been disrupted by this. Uh, Minister Lecce, appreciate your time, and uh, keep us in the loop as to where this is going. Thank you. All right, Minister of Education Stephen Lecce.